Welcome to the Impact Sessions, a business podcast hosted by me, Nick Bramley, CEO and Director of Impact at Impactus Group. The Impact Sessions brings you weekly insights and experiences from some of my most valued, trusted and influential business contacts across a range of current, interesting and hopefully thought-provoking subjects designed to give you some practical tips and ideas to drive continued success in your business. On this week's episode of the Impact Sessions, I'm interviewing Paul Fernandez. Paul is a co-founder of a business called The Growth Guys. He's all about digital impact and maximizing and optimizing the performance of your digital footprint. But I'm talking to him about being a startup business with scale-up ambitions. It's a great podcast, a great listen. Enjoy this week's podcast. So on today's Impact Sessions... I'm delighted to introduce Paul Fernandez, Paul's co-founder of a business called The Growth Guys. Got a quite cool brand about them and they're quite uh, sort of uh, niche and new. Uh, But we want to talk about that because we've entitled this week's podcast, The Kickstart Plan of a Startup and Scale-Up Business. So without further ado, welcome to the Impact Sessions, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. No problem. I haven't seen you for a little while. Looking good. You feeling all right? Yeah, feeling good. Apart from walking up like a gazillion stairs to get here. So perspiring yeah, massively. Top top floor studio on a warm uh, sort of uh, January, February day is not, uh, not great, is it? Not the best combo, I've got to admit. Okay, no. So let's, let's kick on and let's see what we can do to inspire our listeners with the impact session. So um, I'm going to ask a series of questions, just have a little conversational chat. Um I'm really interested because you're a relatively new business, so the startup bit's quite interesting. Uh, but also, you help businesses not just from startup, but you also help businesses to scale up. And I'm assuming you got some plans on that side for the growth guys yourself. So, just let's see where we go with this in terms of our audience and what we can answer and what sort of things we can uh, um, inspire them with. So, I guess the first thing I want to find out is obviously you recently founded the growth guys. Um, What's that all about in terms of uh, what does the business do and, and, and what made you set the growth guys up in the first place? Yeah, so essentially we're a digital marketing agency, mm-hmm. um, but we specialise in growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evident from the title. Yeah. Um, but we look at growth in terms of user acquisition, digital assets, and uh, of course revenue as well. So we, we founded it because we wanted to sort of set away from the conventional digital marketing agency model. Right. There's a lot of digital marketing agencies. It's it's super crowded, actually. Mm. And the the idea was is that we wanted to set ourselves apart slightly and focus on a niche, um, which conventionally is, is paid ads, essentially. So right. we're looking at advertising, Google AdWords, Facebook, mm. Instagram, that kind of thing. But there's the other side of the business as well, which is like the consulting side, like looking at the business and it's inner workings, if you will, and mm. how we can advise that they amend or optimize their inner workings to help them grow. So it's just it's just a it, it's a double fasted thing, but mm. essentially the core exercise, uh, the core services that we perform are, you know, paid ads essentially. Okay, and you've been going for so middle of twenty nineteen. Was that about right? Uh, it's it's formally from about October. Okay, um, but. We, myself and my business partner, Carl, we've been doing it for, for years, actually. Yeah. I, I helped him with his business when he was running a fashion business way back when. Yeah. And uh, I do it with my entertainment company as well. So, mm. you know, we've got a wealth of experience, but it's it's just happened quite naturally that, you know, with personal circumstances and things that we were able to 
to yeah. join together and, and form it. Excellent. How's it gone since you started? It's gone really, really well, actually. Like the, it's gone better than we ever expected it. But yeah. I think, you know, and I think we'll touch on this later anyway, but it's, um, we've hit the market at quite a poignant moment, mm. like with Brexit and things, and people are actually using the next year, the next 12 months to prep their businesses for that. Mm. And they're looking to grow. And, you know, there's a lot of startups out there, a lot of tech startups, especially, and, um, yeah, they're always looking to take the next step into that growth stage. So okay, so you, you, your sweet spot and your timing look like they've uh, they've, they've aligned quite well for you. Mm. Okay, yeah, absolutely. That's not accidental though. Sometimes is it? Sometimes it's part of you know people say we were lucky for this or we were you know um, we, we fell on things. I think you make your own luck as well, don't you? You, know, you take a chance, you take it, you back yourself, you put yourself in the right places, etc. Are yeah. you using your own? sort of technology and things to, to, to grow the growth guys then in terms of ads and things. Yeah. So we, we do like lead generation and things like that. We uh, just recently launched our Instagram um, as well. Mm. We wanted to make sure that we were creating content for that in preparation for it. So, mm. it, you know, and just going out there and doing it is, is the way forward, but we just wanted to have a little think about it, get a few clients on board, see mm. what we can offer and just, just test pilot it really and see, see where we were going and if it was going to be viable or not, which it's turning out to be. So Excellent. I think you'll find that your business in 12, 18 months' time won't look exactly as it does now because yeah. every business starts off with an ambition to be something, but through circumstances, evolution, revolution, opportunity morphs into something else or some a version of something, doesn't it really? So it's been an interesting journey ahead of you in 2020, I guess. I think it will be. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff planned um, in terms of our own branding and the value that we're able to offer. Mm. So we will be launching our own podcast as well, as mm. well as a few YouTube series. Um, and we'll be, we'll be tackling all kinds of growth, you know, business growth mainly, but looking at personal growth as well. Yeah. And because it, it all comes together. It's all part of the same, same umbrella, if yeah. you will. And it's just, it's something that we're both really interested in. So we, we have a long-term strategy. Mm. Um, we wouldn't have started it without it, but we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, you know, you were saying about luck, but, I think we're well prepped for it and it's just we've met that opportunity now so it's and it's it's kind of it's just worked out very well there's a very old golf reference uh for those who are old enough to even remember or have heard of a guy called lee trevino from the 70s and 80s he won a number of major tournaments and he was seen as a bit of a um he wasn't a traditionally straight up the middle and put and you know put it he was he was left right in the trees out the trees in the rough etc <laughs> and he was very very good at recovery shots and stuff and he won a Masters or uh, one of the majors, and somebody said to him, Lee, you seem to be, a, you know, what we would call a very lucky golfer. And he said, yeah, he said, I'm a very lucky golfer. He said, the harder I practice, the luckier I get. So yeah, I like that. I love that phrase. I think it's just one of those things, you know, looks just one of those circumstances, but you, you prep for luck, don't you, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've got to. Yeah. Okay. Listen, one of the things that you do, and I, I like the approach you take, is you're all about return on investment, aren't you, for their marketing spend. It's all about the end game, the impact, the sales, the growth, etc. Um, why do you think so many businesses fail to get the best ROI on their sort of marketing spend at the moment? Because loads of businesses just throw loads of money at loads of things, don't they? How do they why do they fail to get the ROI? Yeah, it's it's something we've actually encountered a lot in the in the short time that we've been going. There's 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 another question that we usually ask, and is it when when did it fail? Mm. Like when did that campaign fail? And it's usually one of three things it's failed because they've abandoned it. Um, it's either failed because they've... Too early? 
Would they abandon it too early sometimes? Yeah, or fail to optimize it. Mm. Have a look at it, um, which is all about like the measurement anal- and analysis yeah. of the campaign as well and working out what's working, what's not. Finding that, you know, reading data, have a look at, have a look at what is doing well and optimize it. It's, you've got to A-B test as well. Testing is everything. It's, mm. You know, data is a science. So there's there, there are experiments behind it that you need to carry out. Right. Uh, that you know, in, in order to find out what's working. But a lot of people abandon campaigns. They get, you know, like for instance with Facebook ads, and it's a common thing that we hear, oh, Facebook doesn't work. Well, well, what it, did wor- you, it works for some people. It works for some people. It works for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's getting to that stage where, you know, you can go on your Facebook and all you can see is ads, but... It does work for some people. If it, if it's right for your business, then use it. But mm. it does work. You just need to find out how to optimize your strategy for that. Mm. It might be that Facebook's not the channel you need to use. You need to maybe use Google. But um, yeah, people abandon it too too early, or mm. they haven't done the right testing at the beginning, and then abandon it later on when they've already spent too much money, which is the next thing. Yeah, they've made a net loss, and they go, "Well, that didn't work." And therefore, do you get then tarred with a brush that oh, all you digital marketers are all the same? It's going to cost me money. There's a lot. Of, it, it's a dark art. It's black science. All that kind of thing. Yeah. Do you get a lot of that where people think it's a, you know, a, not a bit of a, a trickster, but you know, you own, you own all the knowledge, and you're therefore going to sort of bleed some of that money out of me. And there's no guarantees and stuff. Do you get a lot of that cynicism still? Mm, yeah, I mean, the, the main thing we get from business owners is like, well, well, I'm, I'm going to have a go at doing it myself. <laughs> and then they fail and then go, well, it doesn't work. And, right. you know, they've kind of got that that ego about them where they're like, well, I'm, I'm very intelligent and I tried it and I can't do it. But, yeah. you know, th- they've tried once yeah. and it and it hasn't worked. So you, would, <laughs> you wouldn't build your own car, would you, from scratch and, and expect that you could do a good job. So, you know, it's the same principle, isn't it? If you want to buy something, you buy it from an expert who knows what they're doing because they're doing it all day, every day. And therefore they're going to be, you know, economies of scale and, you know, knowledge and capabilities because you're intelligent and, you know, you can adapt to things doesn't mean that you can build the right engine to deliver your ROI and your sort of digital spend, does it really? Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm. I, I wouldn't try and build a car anyway. I'm no, no, I, I couldn't put a shelf up for, for, for you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't sleep under a shelf I'd put up, let alone buy a driver car that I'd <laughs> built. So I think that's probably something we'll move on from relatively quickly. Um, I, I love talking to new businesses and I love the energy of a new business because it's there's no better time is that you've taken a leap there's a lot of pressures a lot of differences you know you know you haven't got the, the the paycheck on the 23rd of the month or all those kind of things um what made you what, what made you sort of jump into the business and how did you go about securing your first few clients because i think from our listeners perspective i'm always interested in hopefully they're interested in how do you how do you go about you know where do you start how do you do it? Where do you get your first few clients from? How did you go about that? Well, it's a, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I hate using the word, but a lot of hustle, mm. a lot of hustle. Phoning up mates that I know that you know own shops and clothing lines in in York and Leeds, and yeah. saying, "Can I do a bit of work for you?" And you know, I'll, I'll do it for free to begin with. And, yeah. You know, which is sometimes a mistake to begin with, but it's, right. it's, I think it's your own personal you know, personal opinion. I mean, I chose to offer a few things for free just mm. for, for mates, just to see if it was going to work. Well, you've got to build that collateral. You've got to build that model. You've got to build that kind of, kind of capability and, and trust in your product. And you can't test your product 
anything other than live, can you? So yeah, exactly. in some respects, you know, doing something for free is absolutely fine. You've got to be very careful where you make that switch. And I was talking to a, um, Katie on one of the earlier podcasts and she's a, a, a passionate freelancer. And, and, you know, she says um, it's about making sure the value proposition, you don't have rate shame and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you make the choices, don't you? Because you want to build that momentum, collateral case studies, call it what you will really on that basis. Okay. Um, so did you have clients lined up when you were ready to go or did, did you launch and then go, oh, what we do now? Well, I'm going to let you into a little secret. Yeah. My, my my business partner, Carl, he has been doing this freelance he kind of went into it quite naturally as well. And he's been doing it freelance for, a, a, you know, close to a year. Oh, okay. So he had his freelance clients. So I, I went about getting my own clients and we were just going to work freelance side by side. Yeah. And the growth guys wasn't really going to be a thing. And then all of a sudden we were like, well, hang on, what are we doing? Yeah. You why do, do we, this what, part of it. I do this part of it. Why don't we work together? Yeah. You, yeah. you, you service the clients that you've got and I'll go get us some new ones. Yeah, yeah. And then it's it's kind of happening naturally. So, but yeah, and to, to, to get those new clients in, of course, we had to do a couple of things for free and, mm. you know, but okay. it, it worked out. So what experience would you want to share with the audience about your startup experience then? What do you reckon? What are the, the things that have, have stuck with you from sort of just before you started through maybe the back end of 2019 and where you are now, what 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 would you like to share with the audience in terms of that experience? Well, it's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've found it personally quite challenging mm -hmm. um, from a mental perspective as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I listened to the, the podcast with Anna actually mm. um, about mental health and mm. things, and it does really take a strain on you. You know, you, you start doubting yourself when you've never doubted yourself before and you've yeah. gone out of that security of being in the nine to five job all of a sudden. And then you're in, you're in this, this whole new business and you've got to get yourself out of bed. Mm. You've got to make your bed. Yeah. You've got to make your bed. That's the first thing you've got to do. Right. And it's like, oh, actually, well, that, you know, get out and make your bed, go out and make, get, get down and make a cup of tea. Yeah. If you can do those things in the, in the first, in the first five minutes and then yeah. you're like, you're onto a winner because yeah. you're out of bed and you're like, well, I might as well do some work now. As opposed to thinking, oh, I'll, I'll get up in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll snooze button. Yeah. Like, that did happen for the first couple of weeks, I've got to admit. Right. But I'm only human, so I was like... I tell you what, you can't snooze button through life in terms of running a business, though, can you? Because if you snooze button on that basis, you're never really going to get that momentum, are you? So It's profound, but true, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. Life's it. not a snooze button. There's, I've just made up a new that should be on a a motivational quote. <laughs> That's got to go on a T-shirt. <laughs> I'll put on LinkedIn on a motivational quote and get uh, I'll get some absolute abuse for that somewhere. Someone will be angry about <laughs> it, won't they? There's a lot of angry people on LinkedIn at the moment, isn't there? There is, but I, I quite like the way LinkedIn's going at the moment as a platform because it is becoming a bit more personal yeah people are going away from facebook a little bit and you know sharing their opinions on linkedin yeah. but there is a rise of personalities on linkedin which is yeah. amazing good to see yeah linked yeah. to the business experience i guess isn't it really okay um obviously after you start a business um many businesses aspire to be scale-ups as i call them um how can a business make that transition and what should be considering to support those ambitions how do you go from freelance startup <laughs> individuals, two two mates, form the business, how do you go to scale up? Whether it's for the growth guys or whether it's for your growth guy, growth guy clients, how what advice or what kind of things do they need to be thinking about to get from A to B, C and D further down the line? Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, because we, we've been having this chat recently, mm. myself and my business partner, because we, we are looking to grow ourselves. Mm. I mean, it would be pretty ironic if the growth guys didn't grow. So, <laughs> um, 
you know, we, and we, we're looking to fine-tune our business model. We're looking at processes. You know, we're, we're looking at streamlining those operational efficiencies as well. Like, you know, how, how do we onboard a client? Mm. You know, I was actually speaking to you about this the other month, wasn't yeah. I? So how do we onboard a client? What's the process? What does that look like? And if we can streamline that so it becomes a, a repetition and we can we know what's going on at each stage of that process, then that will allow us to 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 grow in that sense as mm. well. But looking at the key drivers as well, you know, what, what drives profit for your business? Yeah. What is the most profitable service or product that you offer and yeah. optimizing that? And that's the way that you, you can grow. But then you need the back end as well. You need that internal working. You need the staff there ready. And you need them on the same page. You need them ready for growth as well as you. So it's I've I've worked for businesses where they've grown too quickly, yeah, and then had to make cuts, and it's it's not very nice. Yeah, um, it, it, there's an impact there, isn't there? There's survivor syndrome that people have in terms of you know that's a genuine thing, isn't it? When people have a, a round of redundancies or to call it restructuring, call it what you will. People have to go. That's not great. And also, the people who stay, this survivor syndrome has a there's a guilt factor in there. Why wasn't it me? And you know, what am I next? And all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fast growth, non-managed growth can be very damaging, can't it? Potentially. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but like I say, if you've got the inner workings sorted out within your own four walls, mm. you can grow as quickly as you want. You'll yeah. you'll grow exponentially anyway. So yeah. it's it's absolutely fine. But Fine-tuning your business model and finding out what makes you money mm. is, is the key, I think, for us. Okay. So you, do you help clients to do that as well then in terms of, so you mentioned the word optimization. Talk to me about that then. What does optimization look like in real terms? You know, if you're, you're going into an, a business. Mm. So let's take my business and I provide training in terms of classroom stuff. I provide some online content. I do... Um, consultancy which is a word i hate but you know advice restructuring all that kind of thing and i do a bit of coaching um optimization what what would you what is that i'm trying to get my head around for the audience how do you start looking optimizing what what does that look like in the process of of you helping me to optimize my performance of my business well, we would we would start by having a look at your business plan and what mm-hmm. were your your long term objectives, yeah. and see where along the line you might have deviated from, or if you're if you're online to achieve your objectives, yeah. then that's then that's amazing as well. But the 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 one thing we would start with is by compartmentalizing your business, right? And going right. Well, how much time are you spending there? How much time are you spending there? And you know, with the consulting, are you doing that on a monthly basis? Are you, how many gigs are you getting a? Yeah a year or whatever and we look at what's making you more money yeah. in the least time mm. and then if we can drive all of those little factors down and drive the time down in which it takes you to make that money then that's optimizing yeah so then you are releasing time to do something else that might make more money mm. so it's i think it is or all allow about me to take people on to support that growth or that kind of thing exactly yeah i mean if you can i don't know say for instance you're selling chocolate bars yeah if you're if you've got one particular chocolate bar that's selling better than the rest, mm. why would you continue selling the others? Are they just turning it over? You'd put all your efforts into the one bar that's mm. selling well, you put, really, really well. You put all your growth efforts into there. You growth may, efforts, yeah. Sorry, may, yeah. yeah. But you may still have a, a, a portfolio of things that you can offer, but you wouldn't put the energies into it. They'll just run, won't they? Yeah, exactly. And put yeah. the energies and the focus on the growth. Yeah, I mean, I work with lots of clients in all sorts of sectors and. You know, it's surprising how many people fail to do that. And, you know, I'll go in and I'll say, okay, which is the most profitable area of your business? 
And I'll go, hmm. uh, and then you're thinking, what do you mean you don't know? And they might be manufacturing, you know, four or five products. Yeah. And so they don't know which is the most profitable. They, they also, they know what, how much they turn over, but they don't know how much is profitable. So they're spending all this money on, you know, non-profitable manufacturing and looking, going, this is niche. It's small at the moment, but if we focused on that, that could be as big as the main part of the business and more profitable, easy to manage and, you know, easy to scale up type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, too many too many businesses now are trying to make predictions as well for the future. They're mm. not concentrating on the, the here and now of what they've got. Yeah. You know, they, they could be doing really, really well, but, and they'll be like, oh, well, we don't want to get complacent. Let's, let's think of the next big thing. Yeah. And all the while they're actually missing out because they're spending all their efforts in, product development or something yeah when actually they've got something really really good already in storage ready to go they haven't optimized version they haven't one. optimized what they've got yeah, yeah they haven't so optimized version one they're trying to sell version four or yeah. trying to create version four yeah exactly yeah, yeah. okay and it all comes it, it does all come back down to looking at the right campaign as well mm. like looking at those campaigns what is the right campaign for you mm. and that's what we can optimize as well so your optimization is on process but it's also on the actual technology then, so the platforms and stuff. So the digital marketing, the digital side, of marketing it, yeah. side of it. So but your strategy which is quite interesting. I didn't realise you did that actually, Paul. So I'm quite interested in sort of the fact that you can't do one without the other, can you? You can't no. <laughs> you can't do the digital campaign without doing the first piece, I guess. Well you could. A company might say to you, Can you do some Facebook ads for me? I guess you wouldn't work like that though, would you? You wouldn't just go yes, because you if that fails, it's because your Facebook ad campaign didn't work, but you'd want to make sure that actually the advice would be, hang on a minute, let's see why you want to do Facebook ads. Exactly, yeah. So we, we, we would look at like a few things. Firstly, do we want to work with them? Mm. Some some people, you know, you just don't want to work with them. You're not the right fit. Yeah. And I think that's really important. You've got to be able to at least have that working relationship, yeah. open and honest and transparent, because that's what we are. We're, we're quite black and white with yeah, things. Yeah. We're honest about it. Um, You've got to make sure as well that the product is or the product or service is marketable because mm. half the time it's not. Oh, I like the you, you've solved a problem that doesn't exist. I love those. Yeah. You know, where you somebody a mad inventor goes on, you know, Dragon's Den or in America Shark Tank, I think it's called, mm. uh, and they've got a, a real solution and they're passionate about it. They've sold the house and maybe a second kidney or whatever, and they're saying, I've invested my life's work in this particular solution. <laughs> And you go, what, what problem does it solve? Uh, well, it doesn't. Well, thanks very much, but no thanks. You know, it's nice to have. You can't push things. You can't sell things that people don't want, can you? you no, know, exactly. You can optimise all you want, but if, people, <laughs> if the product's generally not up to scratch, you're not going to be successful either. No, exactly. And, you know, we look at things like budget as well. Like yeah. What, 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 how much money are you putting into this? Yeah. You know, not into us, no. but how much money are you putting into that product? And yeah. You know what? What is your advertising spend? What what do, what is your expected return? Because that's another reason of failure as well. Is that they have this wild objective, and if they don't hit it, they're like, "Well, it's failed." Yeah. Well, actually, you've just got you've got five leads there. Yeah. At like a potential worth of five thousand quid, mm. and you spent five hundred quid. Yeah. That's so, ten to one ROI. That's amazing. Exactly. But, oh no, we, we wanted ten thousand. We, we, we wanted ten thousand leads, so therefore it's a failure or whatever it might. Yeah, mm. I know what you mean. That's expectation <clears throat> management, isn't it? Really. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything happening in technology that's helping to drive kind of optimization and things, you know, the AI and algorithm stuff or, you know, those kind of areas? What 
you know, is anything making your job easier? Is anything making your job harder? Is anything making the job different for business owners to try themselves? It's it's an area AI. I mean, you touched on that. That it's still an area that I'm a little unsure on, to be mm. honest. And it's something that I'm keen to learn about. Um, AI is going to be the future. It's already taken parts of um, you know things like Amazon. It's already mm. working there. Um, AI, I do know it, it is working within the the inner workings of Facebook and Instagram. We yeah. already know that it's already making like predictions of behaviors and things like that. Um, but in terms of technology for businesses, it's it's a really tough one because a lot of businesses love to use technology. Yeah. But and and they end up leading with it. Right. And it's a real problem because it ends up harboring them rather than helping them. Yeah, they're, they're sort of tied into the fact that it's that it's that technology. We have to use that technology. Yeah. Or oh, our competitors are using that, so yeah. we must use it. Yeah. Like, you know, like a CRM system like Salesforce, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh well they're using it, so we should be using it. Mm. Well, hang on, it's about ten grand a month or whatever. It's yeah, like yeah. We, we we can't afford that. Yeah. Oh, but they're using it. It's, it's, so they'll spend the money on something they don't need. And the extra the expense of optimizing something that they should be optimizing, for example, just making generally good decisions or not decisions, isn't it? On that basis, I guess. Well, they just forget their objectives. Yeah. It's like, well, what's our objective? Does this technology is it in line with our objective? Is it going to help us? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then don't even bother. Mm. But if you if you've got a particular objective and you know and you've taken some advice on that as well, you yeah. know, read the questions, the frequently answered questions. Yeah. Ask someone else who's using it. Go on a forum. Ask, you know, see how it can help you. It's not about other people. There's no need to buy blind these days, is there? Because there's always a forum. There's always a, a YouTube channel. There's always some kind of feedback on anything. You know, literally, if you want to buy a um, you know a chest freezer. If, you, if you're that way inclined and you want to read about the chest freezer, I just go and buy a chest freezer, to be fair, but if you want to buy a chest freezer, then you can look on the reviews, the forums, you can post a question and get thousands of answers. You can look on Trustpilot and all those kind of things. So, yeah, if you want to find out, you can find out, can't you, really? So, yeah, I can I guess do with the, the chest freezer as well. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, I haven't got a spare one, but there you go. <laughs> I think, the, uh, I think the, the issue with technology is more about how people are using it, isn't it, really, mm. in terms of the, the information that they're gathering and what they're doing and how they're using it. But, uh, yeah, I still think you should pay for expertise and, you know, use the word optimization. And I look at it and go, yeah, I kind of get it, but... I'd rather you did it than me because yeah. you get it every day. And I'm thinking I could make it work. I could understand it, but I've got a business to run. So why wouldn't you? Uh, people outsource HR, IT, um, outsource sales, they outsource all sorts. Why wouldn't they outsource their optimization of, of you know their, uh, their digital spend, really? Yeah, I mean, I mean, people take outsourcing too far. Sometimes, you know, mm. you mentioned HR. It's like, why would you ever outsource HR? It's human. Mm. You know, you've got to be, I think within the workplace. It's always it's always a good investment to have people in the workplace. It is, but certain businesses are not big enough to have that sort of facility. Um, but, you know, outsourcing as a model works really well, has done for 20 years. It's more and more popular. People have virtual assistants, virtual PAs. Um, so I think harnessing that for your business growth for yourselves might be quite a, a good opportunity to have a conversation with, you know, saying about, you know, you're outsourcing your... IT support, you're outsourcing your telephone call handling, you're outsourcing, there's no difference to outsourcing because you obviously value expertise. Yeah. There's no harm in outsourcing the expertise from a digital campaign's point of view around advertising revenues and, and returns, I guess. So, okay. Um, 
in your relatively short times growth guys but also your experience as a you know uh, somebody being in the workplace for, for a, a while what do you reckon stops businesses from growing to their full potential and what can they do to remove those barriers well i, I touched on it earlier and i think it's internal like the, the majority of problems for, for well the majority of barriers to growing is internal right they haven't you know there's there's things like you know, creating like a silo effect of information and it passing down through layers and layers of, of, um, of, of rank, yeah. uh, I guess. And people not being on the same page as well. Like, you know, the frontline staff are not in tune with what the, the managing directors are doing. Mm. And, you know, there's a, there's a, there's always a difference of opinion. So I would say like involve your staff, yeah. involve your staff in your growth plan. If you've got a plan, see what they think. Mm. It's like with technology as well, involve them in that choice as well but in terms of barriers like involve them you know shut down the barriers a little bit mm. have less meetings yeah stop patting yourselves on the back you right. know you, the, the, you know less less high impact meetings you know yeah. like just do it once a week and then mm. check if you're still on course for the week of your objective you know get rid of that but it's like speed as well the speed of growth <clears throat> some people try and grow too quickly yeah but they don't have that infrastructure in it's like well set set the pace and make sure that you can have those people on board to help you to help you with that journey. I class it as the what if moment. I do a lot of work around sort of business processes, particularly around the sales cycle. And uh, somebody might say they're ambitious to grow and do this, do that, do the other. And I'll say, what if? So what if we generate a shed load of new customers suddenly overnight over a short period of time? And let's say you're a manufacturer, you're manufacturing automatic doors or whatever could you cope with that growth no well we need to manage that growth so it is about setting expectations isn't it really i like the idea about the internals being about communication uh, i work with organizations medium-sized ones particularly and i'm passionate about communication i'm passionate about making sure everybody's on the same page but in in the right way meetings are not necessarily always the right way of doing it you know, there's an old book called the one minute manager it's, it. it's as relevant today as it was when it was written, probably in the 80s. I don't know when it was written. It's been around a long time, probably longer than that. You know, just short, sharp, high-impact interventions. We're on the same page. What are we doing? And that should be, you know, what are you working on? What do I need to know? What help do you need? Crack on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I mean, I love that book. Mm. Um, I got that book a few years ago. Yeah. And, you know, read it in one go. I didn't put it down. Yeah. Um, but there's, you know, have you, there's a guy called Tim Ferriss. Have you heard of yeah, him? Yeah. He, he runs his own podcast and has written books and things. And it, it, I was reading his four hour work week or four hour work day. Sorry. Yeah. And he four hour work week's quite good, isn't it? That I think it even might be four hour work week. I think because he, he goes on about outsourcing everything. Yeah, but yeah. he says, you know, what can be done in a meeting can be done in a phone call. What can be done in a phone call can be done in an email, yeah. an email text, whatever. And it's, it's just, bringing those processes down it's like why do you need a meeting every five minutes yeah, yeah. it's you know the fewer meetings and the more action taken you, you're going to grow quickly automatically so okay so we're at the relatively start of, of 2020 so back end of february um and what does 2020 hold for the growth guys what's your plans where do you see, see yourself being at the end of the year i see as possibly doubling in size okay. a couple of more people to help us yeah. um you know with with our process tasks mm -hmm. um will that be delivery stuff then as in the nuts and bolts of doing the doing or well we've identified that we'd probably like the 
the onboarding and the new uh, the business development side so so that there's more time for us to actually execute the strategies yeah um because at the moment it's very 50 50 um but so we would like some someone to come on board and do that yeah um, later on in the year but we've we've got a podcast coming out um probably around april time excellent um so but that's what, what's the gist of that going to be then paul what's the what's the sort of purpose or content of your podcast likely to look like so each episode is going to be like a different element of digital marketing or personal growth right. and how businesses can harbor growth within their within their business um okay. We're also going to be doing various interviews sporadically with with people who have either like success stories or mm. people who have found growth difficult or good business leaders or whatever. Um, and also we're, we're releasing a YouTube series. So short 10 minute videos of like tips and hacks, if you will. I okay. don't really like using the word hacks, but it is quite a... Yeah, it's shortcuts, quite a, I think you might use. Would you um, use shortcuts or... It's, it's, well, I guess I'm moving more to like... To, to say about a hack is more like... What can you, it's like reading the data again. It's like, what can you see within that data? And you okay. go, well, if I, if I turn that little bit up, yeah, then it's going to change the whole campaign. So it's like optimization in, in, in a sense. But I had uh, Josh Goodgen on, who is the studio owner from where we <clears throat> record this podcast. Um, I think Josh was on back end of 2019, maybe early December, talking about content, content, content. Mm. Uh, and he was saying, you know, it is about just creating content, giving stuff away free, getting people aware, building a, 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 a I think he used the word tribe, a tribal following for you and your content, your brand, etc. So I really like the idea of that, you know, you, you're going to share, potentially you're going to share some of your tips that you should be charging for, but you're not really you're sharing your tips that people go, these guys know what they're doing. So when I'm ready to buy, where am I going to go? Well, it's, it's essentially the, the old thing, isn't it? It's like, even though we're in digital marketing and we're in that technology space, mm. people still buy from people. Yeah. And they've got to like it and they've got to trust you and buy into you. Mm. And that's what it's all about. We've got to make ourselves visible. Yeah. And giving tips away doesn't cost us anything. Yeah. It's just, if anything, we're, we're sharing the wealth. So hopefully helping people. Um, but one tip's not going to grow your business. It's just, no, no, but, you know, but if it, you've got it, a series of them. But it does also demonstrate credibility doesn't it in terms of you know you guys seem to know what you're talking about and therefore when i'm ready to buy um you've mentioned a couple of books earl uh, earlier and, and sort of references to authors and things um i can't remember the name of the author um oversubscribe have you come across that book uh not one that i'm familiar with um no. we'll talk to josh about it he's a big fan oversubscribe is a book which is about um building a platform essentially where you are seen as an expert, a thought leader, someone of influence in a particular sphere or circle. So in your case, digital marketing. Um, and then it's almost like build it and they will come. So people come to you and allows you then at, at that stage to have the, the the advantage of either choosing to work with people or not, rather than saying we need to pay the bills. Mm. And also having people come to you who you want to work with, the types of clients you actually want to work with, not just anyone and everyone. So that's a really good book. I, I cannot remember the name of the author, but um, I think Josh probably referenced it on an earlier podcast, but Oversubscribed is the name of the book. I'm sure you could find it if you're looking at it. It's, it's a really good read for a, good. an aspiring kind of business who's looking to grow because it just gives you a lot of free tips on, you know what, how do you make people aware of, of, of you and how do you stand out in a competitive marketplace? Okay. Um, Last thing, I always like to finish with a bit of a golden bullet or a golden thread sort of question. If there's one tip you give the podcast listeners about business growth, particularly, say, digital, which is your sphere of influence, 
what would that be? Measure and analyze everything. It's got to it's got to be done. Testing is the foundation of any campaign. And if you're not testing, if you're not experimenting, you're not going to find out what works. So just going in blindly is quite frankly foolish. It's you, you've got to test. Uh, so measure and analyze data, get used to reading data. Yeah. It's it's gonna work. And I guess if they don't know how to do that, can talk about uh, they can talk to Paul at the uh, the Cross Guys. <laughs> they certainly yeah. can, yeah. Okay, certainly. good stuff. Well listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a, a little while since we've seen you, but great to see the growth guys uh, uh, kicking off uh, uh, really well and starting twenty twenty with a bang as well. Uh, thanks for being a guest on the Impact Sessions and um, thanks for sharing all these tips for our listeners. Thanks very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Excellent, no problem. Thank you.